welcome 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 to another episode of remotely renee i'm excited we've reached double digits in the episode area area and today is february 2nd so it's officially black history month and i know a lot of people have mixed feelings about black history month we shouldn't have one month i know we should have a lot of months it should be infused in our history but I'm just one of those people that I'm just going to celebrate everything. So I'm celebrating Black History Month and I'm excited about it. I also wanted to mention that I'm extremely excited today. Oh, actually, let me let me welcome in my two lit crew real quick. We got my snooker booker, which is my mom. We got my manager, Paul Garino, and we got my big sister, literally blood sister, Nicole Young. We got my two lit crew here with me and I'm excited today because I got the call, the call that I've been wanting to get for a long time. That call was that my Snook and Diddy got their shots. So my Snook and Diddy have now been vaccinated. They got the Pfizer shot. So they got the first one and now we're on call waiting on the second one, but now they're on the list. So I'm super excited about that. Snook, how did you feel when you got that call? Like what, actually tell us how it all went down because this was an adventure. Well, for weeks, we have been trying to call all of the various lines and contact points for registration without any success. I mean, one day I called uh, one of the numbers 128 times in a row and never got through. <laughs> and so it was, was very frustrating. And this, and this is happening all over the country. You hear it on the news. People cannot get through to get registered. So on my birthday, January the 23rd, we were getting ready to go out and to do some drive-bys and wave at people to say hey and then head to Red Lobster for dinner. And we got a call from our assistant pastor, pastor telling us to get up to our civic center, which is a very large uh, uh, event place in Charleston, which is about mm, 20 miles away. Uh, they said get up there because they have walk-ins available. So we got the call at 4.12 and at 4.35, I was walking into the city. And so she wasn't just walking. I mean, she was on a walking. Hop. Yeah, uh, she was moving, boy. She said, she, said she, <laughs> she said she was passing people that was walking slow. And then what happened, Snook? Got in the door and they said, we're getting ready to cut it off. And I said, oh no, not before me because... <laughs> I know you need minorities up here and I'm a minority as if you can tell. And the man said, go ahead. And so the fourth person after me, they stopped taking walk-in. So I was very blessed, my husband and I, to be able to get our first shot of uh, Pfizer. Amazing. So we're no feeling really- effects, No problems, no nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. Okay. I'm excited just because, you know, our parents are in the high risk age. So I've been waiting on them to get that shot. So now we're on cue. My other sister had already gotten, she's already gotten both of her. Shay is like fully vaccinated at the 95 percentile. So she's there. Now we got my parents. So I'm like feeling really, really good about that. Something else I wanted to, to bring up is WNBA free agency is litty. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track, but I wrote it down to make sure I didn't miss anything because there's been a lot of moves made. 
Um, Candace Parker going back home to Chicago, leaving LA. That one was a big one that shocked the world. I saw Kayla McBride, Natalia Chonwell, and Ariel Powers will be heading to Minnesota. They're racking up. That's why I have this photo here because this is me in Minnesota when we used to turn up before the games. Minnesota really killed it in free agency getting those three. And it's not even, technically it hasn't even started yet. Free agency starts, well, actually it just started yesterday, but who else? Oh, um, Chelsea Gray is going to Las Vegas. Cheyenne Parker heading to Atlanta. Um, Laney going to New York. And I'm hearing Chef Park is heading towards the Washington Mystics, leaving Seattle where she's been there forever. Um, Brittany Sykes, Slime, uh, is going is staying with LA. Jasmine Thomas is staying with Connecticut. They they are uh Alyssa Thomas suffered an Achilles injury, so she's not gonna be able to play this year. But man, like what stood out to what stands out to y'all most about like the free agency moves so far? Anything? I mean, obviously Candace Parker leaving LA is a big deal because now they're pretty stacked. Um, what what like anything stand out to y'all? Paul, I know you've been in the thick of things. What were you most surprised about? Um, yeah, I mean the Candace Parker one, obviously. Uh, but I mean people were saying rumors that she'd go home. So yeah. she went home. I was thinking that I don't know why I wasn't like super shocked probably because the rumor bug was already flying around so early that like by the time it happened I'm not gonna lie one that like really surprised me is um Alicia Clark she's a big part of Seattle like just one of those players that the glue players that maybe on the stat sheet it might not be like huge but she's huge I think that one was like, I thought she was a part of the Seattle fabric and that was like a player that they would not let go. But that one shocked me the most. Anything snook, Cole? Anything stick out to y'all? Well, sometimes mentioning Alyssa Clark, uh, although she was a big part of their their fabric per se, sometimes players just don't send the, uh, don't think they get the recognition they have, especially when you have some other people who are getting, maybe they feel a lot more recognition, so they want to go somewhere else where they can really make an impact so their name rises, you know, uh, rises a little bit more. Yeah, I could feel that. I could understand that. Um, That's kind of, you know, honestly, somebody just did that recently. I can't remember on the NBA side, but we were just talking about it covering the Hawks. Cole, what about you? I mean, I just think Parker probably, you know. Yeah. She wanted to return home. I mean, she wants to finish out her career at home because that's probably where she's going to be when she's finished. She probably wants to be back, you know, around family and just go back home. So I feel like that was a move like a lot of players do who've been somewhere and they just want to go back home so they can just yeah. enjoy their the rest of their, um, you know, the rest of their career and be around family, let family be able to see them, especially since it's pandemic. It's probably been really hard you know she's here and she her parents and I know they're close so you know just that <laughs> dynamic itself too so just getting closer and finishing out her career baby's gonna her babies are gonna be there with you know what I'm saying so I think that's yeah, what's definitely. fun I'm coming home yes. I'm coming home <laughs> tell the world that I'm coming home yeah yep. that's lit I mean I came to Atlanta I've had a house here for nine years and I just came three years ago so it's dope like it's dope I I literally leaving Minnesota that's why I have it up here leaving Minnesota was so hard because Minnesota offers you everything that you would ever want when it comes to basketball the program and what they you know the facility the treatment 
but I had to go home. So I came home and I, I ain't mad at nobody. I'm going to say this right now. All this free agency stuff is so good for women's basketball in a sense of people are talking about the trades. People are talking about the moves. There's momentum going into the season. People want to see, ooh, how is Chicago going to look now? They have the Vanderquigs. They have Diamond the Shields. They have Candace now. And then it's like, oh, not to mention Vegas. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Cambage is coming back. And Chelsea Gray is now their point guard. They were already stacked with Angel McCautry and all the other pieces they have. So that builds momentum. I'm here for it. And I'm always going to be here for players choosing their own destination. I had one week subscription to Showtime. You know, they give you that free week of just subscription. So I took it. And in that week, I was like, I want to finish this show. What show? Billions. There's five seasons of Billions. So I had one week to do it. And guess who just finished Billions within one week? Me. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. My VP, Paul, he's wags. Anybody that knows the show, he is so my wags. And it made me so excited because I do have a wags and everybody needs a wags. And Paul is my wags. He hasn't seen it, so he needs to see it. But there's a lot of shady business going on. But for me, what was crazy is if you've been hiding under a rock, you don't know about this, but GameStop. All right, so GameStop, basically, their shares jumped 138% in one day. And then as a total for the year, 1,900% up. Like a stock that's 1,900% up. If you bought in at $1 and it's 1,900% up, you're making a killing. There's people, so... The spike, uh, if you don't know what's going on with this, it's really crazy. So there was a spike that occurred after reports that emerged that short sellers, including Melvin Capital and Citron, had largely covered their position. The new Mets owner, Steve Cohen, with 0.72, was a part of that $2.75 billion investment on to help Melvin cover the shorts. Do you guys know what that means? I didn't either. Y'all know what that means? Well, shoot, I didn't know what none of this meant. So I saw talks of where people had invested three months ago, invested $50,000, and they're in the, like the $22 million range. Like people literally, <laughs> people literally cashed out on this. And I'm going to tell you right now, where are my real friends? Why didn't y'all, nobody told me about this. I would have loved to put in a couple hundred. I would have loved to put in some coins on this because <laughs> I saw people like a Darius Butler who was just on the pod. He cashed out. Where are my real friends? Y'all need to tell me when stuff like this is happening. That's business. And this was like, and people are mad, by the way, people being the, the company that, that went bankrupt because of this. They're mad because this was like the community that did this. This wasn't a one company. This was just regular citizens that saw what was happening and just hopped in on it. Amazing. If this ever happens again and we're going to do this, can y'all tell the two lit crew we want to make some coins too? Sorry, that's how I had to start scoreboard because there was a lot going on with this GameStop stuff. And I just finished watching Billion. So I felt like, you know, I feel like I'm in that world now. When you watch a TV <laughs> show, you feel like that. And I was like, in real life, this is happening. Okay, I'm done. Paul, what do you have for scoreboard today? I don't know what kind of free subscription you got, but I just did it and it was for 30 days. Oh, maybe that, maybe I did get that one. I don't know, but I finished I it in a week. need to find out because I'm going to watch my life away on that. If, Please if I do. You better get that. I'm telling you. It's <laughs> Is it free so week? Good. Let me know. <laughs> it's so good. And then I yes. just, 
Uh, shouts to my masseuse, Magic Mike. Thank you so much for the free subscription to HBO Max. Anybody else got subscriptions to anything else like Showtime and all of that? I'm always available to sign in from y'all's account. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's why Renee wasn't paying attention to me this much, that much this week because she was watching Billions. I was so obsessed I'm... with Billions. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, let me see. We'll start with the Super Bowl since we're, you know, Super Bowl week. Uh, how about the Shaq Bowl? He's doing some virtual games with celebrities. And I saw who's up there. And you already know I'm back with Team Tampa Bay because Nelly's on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tell us about it. Nelly's on it. That's all. That's all you need to know. He's all he needs to know. Nelly's Nelly Paul is like the number one Nelly fan. Underlay. So, all right. Underlay, so on Nelly's team, it's yeah. like on Nelly's team is Anthony Anderson, Tim Tebow, uh, Offset, Winnie Harlow. Winnie Harlow. And then uh, Team Kansas City is Diplo, Ezekiel uh, Elliott, Olivia. Uh, I don't know Quavo, Stevo in the Mist. Yeah, and so. Basically, we just we covered this on TMZ Sports. So basically what Shaq said is he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but the shows that come on before the Super Bowl are boring. Nobody wants to watch them. We're over it. It's repetitive. You've already been talking about the Super Bowl for two weeks at that point. So the show's leading up to the Super Bowl. There's not much more you can say. So from three to six on Super Bowl day, right before the Super Bowl comes on, He's going head to head with CBS, which has a multi-million dollar show that they produce for pre-Super Bowl. And Shaq is doing a Shaq Bowl. He rented out an arena 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl arena in Florida. And that's where he's going to host his Shaq Bowl. He's hosting it alongside. He's going to have Ocho Cinco hosting with him at a certain point. Terrell Owens hosting with him at a certain point. He said it's going to be. Huh? At the TO, it's on all the uh, the web platforms. It's like on uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch. It also says TikTok on here too. They're streaming. Oh yeah, so it's a hybrid event. A hybrid event, and so if people don't know what that is, you better get really used to that because it's going to be kind of probably the norm for a little while. A hybrid event is the talent will be in the arena that Shaq rented out but there will be no live fans. Everything will be streamed straight to millions of fans, but there just won't be the live fan effect. That's going to be really common for a lot of events because that's all that people can pretty much do. So he's streaming everything live on all the platforms that you can get. And honestly, I like, I know that CBS got to be a little bit worried. Like I be hot. Yeah, CBS. Like, what do y'all think about the Shaq Bowl? Like, do you think and they're going to be playing games? He said it's going to be like fun games. It's going to be like I don't even know what else is going to be happening, but they he said, said it's going to be it turned. Says, it says restaurant battles on the on the little th- on the little uh, poster. So I don't know what that means. Like, what does that even mean? Uh, maybe I like, know what it means. trying food. So what? I think that, yeah, I think they're going to be like making dishes and then like, mm. it's going to be probably like uh, celebrity chef type stuff where they're like, you have to make this, it's got to be at a certain time. That'll be like one event. Then you have another event where they might be doing, I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch. And I think that's going to be the problem for CBS is that the younger yes. generation yes. are going to be tuned in to, even if it's not that good, just the stars and just the silliness and Shaq and all the joking and all that stuff. Exactly. That's going to draw a bigger crowd than people watching the CBS TV shows before. Cause I don't know. Exactly. Well, I don't even you know, know, you know Nelly's always in the all-star games, like the, the NBA one, the MLB. So like the Super Bowl, why not? 
Yeah. Why not? What do you think about this Shaq Bowl snookabooka? Oh, I think it's wonderful. I mean, you know, anytime you have some someone who has a, a lot of personality like Shaq, yeah. regardless of what it is, he's going to bring it and and you'll enjoy it because it'll be so entertaining. So I you know, agree. And yeah, I'm I don't not, know why I don't know why Shaq I'm didn't wait for I still think I'll enjoy it. So okay, I agree. I agree, and I think the thing that's going to be interesting is like I don't even know if it's like. I'm sure there's going to be a football theme to it, but I don't even know if it's like necessarily football themed. Like maybe they'll make like the food, the shapes of a football, but I think that's actually going to work in his favor because not everybody really cares. Like, you know, people watch the, a lot of people watch the Super Bowl for the advertisements. Like, you know, like they watch for the Super Bowl commercials. They watch for the halftime show, which by the way, Amanda, the poet, I'm just going to call her Amanda, the poet, the 22 year old poet that performed at the inauguration. She'll be performing a poem at Super Bowl, by the way. So, um, and she also just got picked up by IMG for modeling. Yes, she did. Yeah. Oh, Amanda, as she should, the bone structure was there on point. The skin was glowing and gorgeous on point. Yes, I love that. What else, Paul? And, and before we leave that, we might also say, I was thinking about that food thing. It might be more so, what do you want to eat during the Super Bowl? Oh. Yeah, the, kind of, would you like to have rather than the normal type of things? What are you going to cook up? So that would be something that would be interesting in the people. Super because- Bowl appetizer dishes and different and, things like that. And Budweiser and them have pulled their ads. So a lot of people yeah. are not happy about the fact, you know, a lot of people watch the Super Bowl to see the Budweiser ads because yeah. you, you got the horses and all that. There's a lot of big ones who said, we're just not going to do it this year. So listen, you remember the Bud Wise? or was like yeah but they're donating the money they're donating the money to covid COVID, COVID which is a good thing but i'm saying if you were talking about super bowl commercials being a thing watching those are some big ones that are pulling out so absolutely no you're right cole that's absolutely right what you what else you got paul oh on the restaurant thing it might be some kind of pizza because because Papa John's is a partner in oh, Shaq. Oh, yeah. Owns, owns Papa John, and or, Corona owns, is a sponsor. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure there's going to be lots of beer places. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be doing some drinking games. So that'll be pretty funny. Oh, that would be amazing. Shaq, I just feel like Shaq knows how to have fun. Like, you can just tell. So I feel like his ideas, at the very minimum, they're going to be fun. And he needs to bring a big Barkley with him, too. Because they're, they're, they're oh, a instant, dynamic duo. <laughs> the dynamic duo of comedy is them two going back and forth at each other. I will watch Charles Barkley do anything. I don't care what it is. <laughs> if he does a cooking class, I'm watching that. If he's going to teach me how to sew, I want to see Charles Barkley teach me how to there sew. There you go. <laughs> anything that Charles Barkley does. If he's golfing, I want to see it. I want to see it all. So, yeah. He's, I want to see a, Charles Barkley versus Shaq, uh, who could drink a uh, bear the fastest. Oh, like chug. Like a yeah. chugging <laughs> contest. Like hello them, i'm telling you them two anything could go <laughs> anything what all right got? so oh the next one is uh naomi osaka bought um the north carolina courage of the women's national women's soccer league oh yes naomi naomi girl okay because a lot of people are talking about why aren't women investing in women and it's a very valid question because you see 
Yeah, women investing in women. When you see men with money, that's the first thing they want to do. They want to buy a team to get that status like I'm a team owner. In the NFL, you can't even get in that club. I remember when P. Diddy, uh, Steph Curry, all of them were trying to get ownership into the NFL. You can't even get in there even if you have the money. So there's Oh, Lord, there's a certain (laughs) level of status that comes along with owning a team. And I want that type of culture to be on the women's side of sports. Like, I love that Naomi, just her even buying into ownership of the of the North Carolina team that look it's all over everything we covered it on our show TMZ sports it's on everything people probably didn't even know that the team that she became an owner of is like a dynasty they win every year they've been killing it now they know because when they saw that she's buying in they're like well what team is this in the NWSL so yeah what do you got Snookabooka and and also I believe she's going to be the new one of the new front people for Louis Vuitton you heard right Virgil Virgil (laughs) snagged her right up first of all she's the highest paid female athlete and we love to see it she's killing it and I like that she's doing I like the blueprint that she has basically like she's like all right I got me a couple coins let me drop a little bit invest it back into women let me do a little bit of philanthropy and she's doing her thing on that note she's getting into game she's into gaming she's now into fashion with Louis Vuitton girl you better okay what you think about this there's nothing bad to say <laughs> i mean it says it all like you said it's a blueprint she's just she's just i mean she's doing everything right that's all you can say and you know she's so young and she's young because i think like we know now we have these kids have more um access Yep. to learning about these things than we had we learn from books they learn from the internet there's literally a youtube or how to do on any and everything that you want to do so just like you said you can go on and find out about stock like oh i didn't know that there's so many platforms yep. for stock building you know so it's like they had so much more access to figure it out a lot faster than we did which is Excellent. I think it's awesome. I'm going to sit here and watch it all unfold and enjoy Hello, it. Hello, <laughs> somebody. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, it, it's like her status alone, her just even saying that she's a part of the NWSL, it does numbers for them. And so I want people to start doing that with the WNBA. I, I, I want this culture to shift to where it's dope to invest in women and people are fighting over it. It needs to get to like the NFL where you can't even get a spot even if you got the money. Love it. What you got else? What else you got, Paul? Um, the Braves created a Hank Aaron fund for to honor him and promote diversity in baseball. MLB and the MLB Players Association both donated a half a million, so a million initial funding. Ooh! Okay, so we lost a legend in Hank Aaron. Snooker Booker, what you talking about? I was going to say, are they trying to have a petition to change the name of the field? Or what was that that I read about that? Um, I think you are correct. They're trying to do a lot. Basically, mm-hmm. Hank Aaron is Atlanta. And Hank Aaron just, you know, he, there's a statue of him outside of the uh, baseball field. And he's like, we lost a legend, you know. And I'm so happy to see even at, you know, I work for Fox Sports Southeast. We did an unbelievable tribute to him uh, during the game, before the game. There was a whole episode. There was a whole program before our our game even started, and rightfully so. You know, and one thing that people don't realize is this, 
the amount of death threats he was on a day-to-day basis that he was scared for his teammates he was scared for his family and he was still performing at that level just think about that he's scared at all times even on the field because people said that they were going to shoot him on the field people were threatening the man's life and he's out there just like like just like knocking it out the park so just to put that in perspective of performing while you're under pressure I mean he is the epitome of it and you know Dominique Wilkins said that one thing that Hank Aaron told him that stuck with him was that you have to rise above the negativity you know like and so that that to me that's that's the line there rise above the negativity because there's always going to be a baseline of negativity you know like they say if you ain't got haters you ain't popping so I guess there's always going to be that baseline level of people that just don't want to see you successful um, and just rises above it. So yeah, what um, he got 900,000 death threats to be correct. What? He had not, he had so much hate plus fan mail, but hate mail and female. He had to hire his own secretary wow. to handle all his mail because he had to turn over all the hate mail to the FBI. And then he had to have a secretary who opened all his fan mail and responded and he signed autographs and stuff like that. But he literally, the, um, I guess association said, we can't handle which, what needs to be done with this. We can't do it. So he had to take out his own money and hire his own personal secretary who worked in the basement of the football field, I mean, the uh, baseball field. And wow. she was the one in charge of making sure all that. And, and they counted and kept it. He had it in his attic for all the hate mail, all the family. He said it was 900,000 letters of hate mail. I can't imagine that. And, he and, and you know play. what? And he continued and he, to play. And he can, that's what I was about to say. I think, you know, maybe someone like myself, once we got to 500,000, I might think it's time to hang it up because I don't want anybody to really try. You know, I don't want to put anybody in danger, my teammates, my family. He did, he just went out there fearlessly. So yeah, that's, I love that. So now, you know, losing him, I'm so glad that, what he did is being recognized at the magnitude that it should be. They should be donating a million dollars to his fund and we should be remembering him the way we are. So, and speaking of people passing away, I just want to say, you know, Sekou Smith, 48 years young, work with him at NBA TV on the set of GM school. And he was unbelievable. Like, you know, I picked his ear. I'm one of those people that when I meet people and I like, I see that they know what they're doing. Cause you can just tell the people that got it together. I ask a lot of questions. Like I'm asking questions like, okay, so how long you been doing this? What do you do? You know, I'm just asking a lot of questions. And when I tell you, he answered everything and more like he was so willing to help. So we lost Seku Smith to COVID. Um, I was talking to David Aldridge uh, the other day and he was just telling me that a lot of people thought that Seku was going to get over it, you know, that, that he was almost there to beat it and they thought he was going to get out of ICU. So that just once like, that makes me even more thankful that my parents had the vaccine and, and that we're on the up and up with the new administration, because this stuff is no joke. Like he was healthy, 48 year old man and, and COVID just COVID is that like Damian Lillard said, COVID has no friends. So tough week, tough week. And that's all. All right, we're gonna move on to happening IRL. And this is now that I think about it, this is kind of a husky day because I have I'm gonna have two UConn football players on here that I I met at UConn, obviously, um, in the athletic world. And so Darius Butler is a guy that I met at UConn, 
one of those players that you know like had his head on his shoulders ended up having a 11 year pro career in the NFL played for the Colts um and now he hosts he co-hosts a podcast that's called the man to man podcast. And he discusses all things NFL covers it every week. They even cover the bets who to bet with it's uh bet with DB. He covers all of that, the lines and different things. So as we know, the Super Bowl is coming up and I'm like, Hmm, I need to be talking about the Super Bowl. And of course I'm going to you Darius. So Darius, tell me what I need to know about the Super Bowl. Yo, Darius Butler, everything DB, co-host of the Man to Man Pod. We'll tell you everything you need to know about this Super Bowl. Super Bowl 55 being played down in Tampa, Florida. Now, the Tampa Bay Bucks will be the first team in NFL history to actually play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Shocker that it's Tom Brady. His first year away from New England after 20 years of dominance, nine Super Bowl appearances. Now his 10th will be at home making more NFL history. Now he'll be playing against Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are the last team to actually hand the Bucks an L this year. Back in week 12, they whooped up on and beat the Bucks in the regular season, which was actually the Bucks' last loss of this season. Got all the way to the playoffs, won three games on the road. Went into the playoffs as a five seed, the Buccaneers did. Won three games on the road to ultimately end up back at home hosting their Super Bowl. I mean, that's 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 crazy in itself. Now, on the other side, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, his career has been off to, I mean, the hottest start that we've that I've ever seen, I know. His first year as a full-time starter, won a regular season MVP, was knocked out of the playoffs in the AFC Championship game by, guess who, Tom Brady when he was on the New England Patriots. And that was actually Patrick Mahomes' only loss as an NFL pro in the playoffs. So now they meet again in Super Bowl, 50, uh, Super Bowl 55, I'm sorry, down here in Tampa Bay. You have uh, one of the hottest offenses ever with Kansas City Chiefs and the weapons they have. Tyreek Hill, phenomenal wide receiver. You got Travis Kelsey, who's putting up uh, record numbers at the tight end position. Um, you just got players and weapons. Obviously, we talked about Patrick Mahomes and the play callers with Eric Bien and being Andy Reid. I mean, you got – and then the guys on defense who don't get enough credit who – I, in my opinion, really won that Super Bowl for them last year. You know, they had three, four back-to-back-to-back stops to get to continue to get their offense the ball to win that Super Bowl last year, led by Tyron Matthew, a.k.a. the Honey Badger. Then you got Chris Jones up front. You got Frank Clark up front. You got Dirty Dan Swords. You got Juan Thornhill. I mean, you got playmakers all over that team, and they all came back to pretty much run it back. So that's their goal. They're the favorite right now, the three-point favorite going in right now. Um, getting a little close to the Super Bowl, that could change. Uh, odds could change. The biggest question mark for, for them is their O-line. They lost one of their best O-linemen with Eric Fisher. He tore his Achilles last week against the um, – against the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship. And that'll be something to worry about when you go over to this other side with the Tampa Bay Bucks because they have a two-headed monster on defense coming off those edges, starting with JPP and then Shaquille Barrett, who's been a dominant force for these last few years. On the second level of their defense, you got Devin White, Levante David, arguably the best linebacker tandem in the league. And then behind them, you got a young group of guys in the secondary, Carlton Davis, uh, Sean Bunting Murphy, Sean Murphy Bunting, I'm sorry, who's got three interceptions this postseason, uh, which is pretty much unheard of. A lot of guys don't have three interceptions in their postseason career. He's got it all in one postseason. They are down two of their safeties, two of their starting safeties, 
Um, hopefully they can make it back for the Super Bowl having this extended rest time. But we'll see. Todd Bowles done a phenomenal job with that defense down the stretch. Um, they were able to somehow, some way get a win against the Green Bay Packers, even though Tom Brady didn't have the greatest second half. You know, three threw three interceptions in the second half, but found a way to make the plays at the right time. The biggest one that stands out to me is the big play he made down the field to Scotty Miller right before the end of the half. That's what Tom Brady does. He makes the big plays in the big time moment. So you got this team led by Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, the head coach. Um, you got a plethora of weapons as well on this offensive side of the ball. You got Mike Evans. You got um, Chris Godwin. You got Scotty Miller, who we mentioned before. And then you got Antonio Brown, who came on later in the season, who, you know, as we all know, and if you're not a football fan, Antonio Brown was – the pretty much consensus number one receiver in the NFL when he was in Pittsburgh and then some things happened on off the field. He made his way back to Tampa Bay, got to the mix, got hot, got banged up early in the playoffs. Hopefully he makes it back into this Super Bowl lineup and just adds to this fireworks. You got Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. You got Brait, you got Grump, you got Fournette running the ball well. You got uh, Ron Jones running the ball well. I mean, you got weapons all over this field on both sides. It should be an exciting matchup down here in Florida. I'm looking forward to it. You should be looking forward to it as well. Super Bowl 55. I'll be tapping back in. Uh-oh, something must have changed. I'll be tapping back in with you guys um, when it gets a little closer to the Super Bowl. Thanks for checking me out. Shout out to Renee Montgomery. You know, the UConn homie. Remotely Renee. We're here. Everything DB. All right. So listen, that's like, that's like from a professional, you know, he's a professional. We just are the common fans. So what are we thinking about Super Bowl? Cole, what you thinking? Ooh, we, I am, (laughs) I am not a Brady fan. I'm not a Patriots fan by no means, but I will give this man props. Anytime you go, from one team that's one of the winningest teams in history, you go to a team that I think it hasn't been there in 20 years. Am I right, Paul? Like 20? Yeah, almost like Paul's the computer. Paul, is that right? 18 years. 18 years. I think they were in the Super Bowl 2000, actually. So, yeah. Who, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah. Oh, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. That was right. Okay. So, when you go from one team that hasn't been there in 20 years and another team that's the like one of the winningest teams in history, and you pull a team from 20 years with whatever they got, you're taking it with you and you get the Super Bowl. I have to give you props. I hate to do it, but I got to do it. So, does <laughs> so that mean that you think Tampa Bay is going to win or who, who are you, think, who's your pick? I, I want Tampa Bay to win just because they haven't been there. But then again, Kansas City hasn't won one under uh, Mahomes, right? No, he's, they just won last year. Oh, they won last year. Yeah, they're the reigning right, so, I, so I got to go for Tampa Bay. That that makes it easy. I got to go for Okay, Tampa. so Cole's going the underdog, and she doesn't want the back-to-back. Paul, who you got? What you thinking about the, the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm going with T- Tampa Bay also. Oh, um, my gosh. Paul's one of those guys that think t- Paul, um, Tom Brady was born in a manger. He's one of those guys. <laughs> No, I didn't. Are, I don't even like Tom Brady. I feel like you are from a conversation we had where you. Were I really... am a Dolphins fan, so I watched Tom Brady beat the Dolphins forever for my whole life. So okay. I don't like Tom Brady at all. Woo. So but what's your prediction then? What what you got? Tom Brady, yeah, but you can't bet against Tom Brady. You can't. You're going with Tampa Bay. Every year, every time. I mean, he's undefeated in the Super Bowl. 
that's a stat. That's a good stat. Actually, no, I lied. He's not undefeated. I'm tripping. But he only lost the he only lost or no, he lost to Eli and I forgot the other one. So he's not undefeated. So he can be beat in the Super Bowl. There. Yeah, but he's he, he can't I don't know about this one because now his team is so hungry. You know, before he got beat, he had all these great weapons and they knew they were great weapons. And you have these young guys who are so hungry now. And they know Shouts to Mike Evans. Shouts to my guy, Mike Evans, man. I want to see him do well. So I, I, I like that. Um, Snook, what you got? What you thinking? What you got? Kansas City, here I come. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Kansas City. <laughs> here I come. Okay. But basically, um, I'm with Kansas City because on Sunday mornings, I hear it with my pastor who's from Kansas City. And so mm-hmm. I'm going with Kansas City with Pastor Polk and Sister Mary. And hopefully they can pull it off again and have <laughs> back to back. Okay. Snook said, got the drink in me going back to back. Shouts to Reverend and Mrs. Polk. I, the Kansas City fam. That I like that. I like that. Um, I will say this. What's that? This will be what? A, a great Super Bowl. We've had some really, really good ones. So this is going to be a really good one. I'm excited because I used to get tired of Brady winning every year. He saw it. So this is actually a good matchup. It's going to be exciting. I just, I'm, I'm good. You got I agree. I agree. It's like new school versus old school. Everybody knows Tom Grady. It, they said like, it's like baby Yoda versus older Yoda. I've never seen the movie, so I don't know what that means, but I kind of get it in a sense of it's like the older goat versus Patrick Mahomes is already a goat. Like in his young age, I don't care what nobody says. He has goat status written all over him. When you get a half a billion dollar contract, goat. Okay. That's like unbelievable. What so you got? Since- what you got? Oh, yeah, so oh. y'all gonna make me pick? I thought I just got oh, yeah, yeah. You almost got away with that. I, who, so who you had? Who do you have? <laughs> uh, I'm going with my snooker booker. I'm going to Kansas City. Okay. Kansas oh, City, I, here I come. We'll pick up like <laughs> the money running on that game. <laughs> What's the money looking like? It's not there yet, by the way. Um, <laughs> DB, I was talking to speak butler so i told Darius, i'm like yo why didn't you get us any bets and any like predictions what's the money line and he's like oh no no no, that doesn't come out until right before the game like that's when you can really make the prediction you got to see who's healthy who's practicing what's hurting them so all of that goes into it right now it's plus it's plus three so right now it's plus three for who tampa bay oh so they're getting so me and make money then we can make some money, honey. So it's split half and half. <laughs> Me and Snook are going for Kansas City. Cole and Paul are going for with Tampa Bay. And I ain't mad at it. And literally, speaking of football. So, you guys, I'm really proud of the conversation that I had, the one-on-one that I had with the Pam Oliver. I She's, she's way out of my league in a sense of, just class and trailblazers and everything so I felt like I wanted to ask her anything I could think of everything I could think of and would you believe that after we talked she texted me and said thank you for that interview you challenged me and I'm like who did me like I challenged you and then she she went on to talk to me about personally about how you'd be surprised at how 
people don't prepare, how much people don't prepare for an interview. Like when you're going in to interview someone, like for instance, when a lot of people get my name wrong or say my name wrong, that's happened to me plenty of times. So she just talked about, <laughs> she just talked about, you know, me being prepared. So I was proud of that. I just had to say that part, but back to Pam, she's a trailblazer. And if you didn't know, she did regular news for 10 years until she broke into the sports world. And, and it was hard to even get into the sports world. Then she was covering murder trials. She was covering climate things. She was covering everything under the sun, knowing she wanted to get in sports. And we all know how hard it is to get into the NFL. If you're a person of color, even if you're a coach, management, anything, and we see Mrs. Pam Oliver on the TV screen all the time for the 20 plus years she's been covering the NFL, the playoffs with Fox for on oh, the highest level. So she's a trailblazer in every sense of the word. I was so excited to have her on there. I don't know if any of you guys know, but some heathens on the internet were talking about Auntie Pam and it was absolutely ridiculous. We addressed that. Check it out. Okay, so I'm here with the pioneer, barrier breaker, Pam Oliver. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining me here remotely. Um, this is exciting for me because, like, I don't know if people know how amazing that you have, how persevere, like the perseverance, everything you had to do. So I'm just going to start at the very beginning. Okay. You grew up military style, moving a lot, changing a lot. What was life growing up like just with the, the movement that you had? Well, I think the most interesting part of it was it just took you to all these places. I mean, more states than I went to countries. Um, just You just started over all the time. I was an athlete as well. So it, it was, the toughest part was like leaving your group of people, leaving your clique and having to start all over again. But looking back on it, Renee, it, it, it was such a blessing because it taught me to adapt. I was constantly moving when I started my profession and I just had the skills and the wherewithal to understand that, you know, you've left something behind, but you're starting something else and it can be great. And um, so that, that was, was an adjustment at first, but you figure it out. That's part of the lifestyle with military life and you adapt and get used to it and sink or swim, really. No, and the reason I asked that is because you kind of hinted on it. I asked it because once you get used to being uncomfortable, to moving, to adapting, you start to, to just do that naturally. And did, did young Pam know that you wanted to be a, a broadcaster, a journalist? Like, what was young Pam thinking she wanted to be before you turned into the Pam we know now? Young Pam thought she was going to be Walter Cronkite. And I know you are a little young. And I am, but I do. Yeah, but I was a news junkie when I was a kid. Everybody would you know, be outside playing and around six o'clock, I was in in front of the television watching the news. I thought the reporters were just the coolest people. They got to be where all the action was. And just a part of me was just drawn to that. And I wanted to figure out at some point how I could do that. Mom, dad, how can I do that? And, you know, they were always very supportive. I did the whole, you know, hairbrush in front of the... <laughs> And Renee, look at this. I was always Pam Oliver, 
Channel 10 Action News. Now, Woo! why Channel 10 Action News? I was like, Channel 10 Action News. That was Channel my um, SIG out at that time. And it was just, to look back on it now, how fortunate I was to know from a very, 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 very early age that that's what I wanted to do. Because I know a lot of young people struggle. They're not yeah. sure exactly what their path is. But I was just really fortunate. I knew very early that that is something I think I would love for the rest of my life. And it's been true. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of the same with me. I was writing my signature like when I was really young, hoping that one day people would want it. Lisa Salters called you the first lady of football. Now, you don't become that without a story behind it. How did you first break into, I would say, the profession? Because you're in a profession that not a lot of women are in. You're in a profession that not a lot of Black women are in. How did you even get your toe in the pond? You know, I know you went from holding the hairbrush. How did you go to holding a real microphone? Well, at Florida A&M, I was very, very active in trying to get internships and creating things, working on the student newspaper. But my first real job was covering agriculture, which I knew nothing about. <laughs> it was a job that came up. Uh, it paid $15,000 and I said, oh my God, I'm set. I am <laughs> I took that $15,000 girl and got down the road with it. But it was, it was some, an opportunity came. It was a challenge. I knew nothing about what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing at that point. And mm -hmm. uh, it was my first job out of, out of college. And that was the beginning. I just worked very long hours. I stayed in, you know, in the newsroom until, from morning till night, I was constantly editing and writing and trying to figure out how to basically hone your skills to where you can develop in your craft. And I was very kind of uh, pragmatic about how I looked at it. I always broke things down into elements. Okay, work on your live stuff, work on your writing, work on um, interviewing and work on listening to people when they talk. Um, so that's kind of how I started. And then it just went from there. I went to Huntsville, Alabama to cover space and science again, something I knew nothing about, but you know what? You it was a job. It you figure it out. Um, sorry, that was my phone. But um, yeah, and then it was on to, where did I go? Buffalo, New York, where I was the night beat reporter. Again, covered murder trials and court cases. And, and what was that like? Were you ever... Were you ever, because when you hear murder trials and I'm, you're covered in, you know, we've all seen the movies and different things. So what was that like? I mean, you start out in science and, and but you moved to murder trials. How was that? It was very upsetting. Um, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem real, but you're in these, you know, these are real circumstances and you're figuring out how to cover a court case. You know, the prosecution okay. goes and the defense goes and expert witnesses and figuring out who's got momentum going into, um, you know, the verdict and all of that. But at that point, I just, again, I broke it down. It's like, how do you do this? Mm, Let's yeah. do this part. Let's do this part. And um, pretty much it became, sadly, it became second nature. Um, just covering these court cases is, was traumatic. And you go home after leaving from doing the 11 o'clock news, getting home at one o'clock in the morning, and you're just sort of looking around, looking under your bed. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, yeah. seriously looking around and um, but I do just remember that it was it was an ex it was a traumatic because these are human beings and um, I thought at that point that's when I kind of started to get disillusioned about covering news 
Um, I knew that I wanted to be a sports reporter, but no opportunities came up, Renee. I mean, zero. That's what I was going to ask. Going from place to place, you know, I'll volunteer, I'll do this on my weekend, and door shut. There were no takers no options. as far as that went. No takers. She's <laughs> a living legend, like legend. And I say that like it wasn't easy as you heard from her, her story. And check out the rest of like, you have to check out that full interview. Uh, it was it was amazing. She was amazing. Um, thank you, Miss Pam. Okay. And shame on you heathens in the internet. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to Snook's history lessons you know snook was a professor if you guys didn't know that shame on you have you been watching the show my snook is like the professor of professors to me but it's it's black history month so i told her teach us a little something y'all are gonna get educated whether you like it or not snookabooka what you got for me okay since uh going into black history month this month i'd like to kind of do an introduction about black history and uh one of my real big pet is that Black history is not included in the regular American history books that all students have to take while they are in um, public school, you know, before 12th gra grade and down. I mean, I just don't think it's right that right. they extract Black history from it. And then uh, if you want to learn, you have to take that as a side class, which many students won't do it. So you're kind of uh, creating a population that doesn't know anything about the real history of the country because you know black history is not included so you just think about it it's been 400 years since the first blacks landed in america it's been 150 years since the emancipation Proclam proclamation and we have not made any progress in in getting that achieved now i know when i was in school i took black history and i went to school a long time ago and I know Renee probably took it and maybe Nikki also probably took black history in, in school. And if you're a minority and you're taking it, it makes you feel kind of funny, you know, taking that class and not being inclusive. You're exclusive instead of inclusive. But anyway, uh, uh, black history began as Negro History Week back in 1926. Uh, and it was instituted by Carter G. Woodson. And we'll talk a little bit more about him and some of the upcoming episodes during this Black History Month. In 1969, Kent, the Kent State Black Student Union decided that something needed to be celebrated about Black history. So they did a celebration and proposed that they have a Black History Month. Yeah. So they celebrated it first in 1970. And then in 1976, Gerald, H., uh, Gerald R. Ford made it a national uh, annual holiday the uh, recognition for Black History Month. Okay. So uh, February was chosen because Abraham Lincoln was born in February and also Frederick Douglass. And they felt those were two big people who were really prominent in Black history. I so that's the that. chosen month of February. I always said they chose it because it was the shortest month. Of February. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, that's when uh, February, was, uh, February was chosen. And so it's just a way of showing the recognition and the things that Black Americans have done for this country. Now, one thing I did find out in my research that it's not only celebrated in the United States, but it's celebrated in Canada, United Kingdom, and Canada. So that's kind of interesting. What was the last one? I missed it. The Netherlands. 
though, it's not only celebrated here in the United, United States, but also in those uh, places. So um, every year there's a theme and last year's theme was voting. If you, you know, probably figured that out. So uh, they wanted to recognize the long and un ongoing struggle to exercise rights as citizens, including voting, testifying in court, and participating in juries. So that's one of the uh, one of the initiatives for last year's uh, Black History Month. This year in 2021, the theme is the Black family. And so I want to read this. So it's representation, identity, and diversity is the theme. The Black family has been a topic of study in many disciplines, history, literature, visual arts and film, sociology, anthropology, and social policy. So in the upcoming weeks, I'll try to hit on some of those things. So uh, next week, uh, or I don't know if that'll be the Valentine's Day week or not, I'm gonna share a story about one of West Virginia's greatest love stories. You don't really wanna miss that. It's really a okay, big- Okay, snug with the uh, teaser. <laughs> and it's not about me and Diddy. It's, it's another one. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. we'll go into um, West Virginia's most famous African-American. And then the last week, which will lead into the women's uh, annual uh, 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 month, we're going to do a Black uh, female who's a famous West Virginian to kind of get us ready to go. Yes, Snookabooka. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm excited. So you got a little preview for Valentine's week. We are going to do a little love story, black love, black excellence love story. And then we got the women that are going to come through at the end. I love it. I love it. I love it. Cole, did you know any, like, did you know all that? I did know. I did know some of it. I did not know He's about so the Douglas and Abraham Lincoln. That yeah, I, one was a good, I didn't know about that one, but I did know about the other ones. And I do agree. I like the way she did it. Cause now I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I'm like, like, like a little kid. But she like, yeah. She's getting good at this TV stuff. Up. Another thing I didn't know that I didn't know this personally that Black History Month has themes every year. Like I just thought it's Black History okay. Month. It's February. I didn't I, know that this year was the Black family. Like I didn't know that. That's I why she's thought. Professor Montgomery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like that's so lit. I love it. Love it. Love it. Oh well, Snook, and I'll tell you. Uh, I'll I'll give you some Connecticut stuff because I sent it to Renee. Right. I don't know if I. I don't remember if I sent it. I don't know which chat I sent it in, but it was because uh, it got approved uh, to put the African-American history in the books for 2022. Oh, something good. Let's go the rest of the state. Let's go. Connecticut. Look, Connecticut is like my second home. So I couldn't be more proud that my second home is doing its the thing. Okay, Paul. So you think that's a good thing, right? <laughs> Why would I say that if I? Why are you know, challenging me? <laughs> no, no, I just want to know. You know, how do you feel about that? How because do you guys feel about that up in Connecticut? There's been a lot of pushback about it. You know. Oh, well, I don't really care about like school stuff. So. It's interesting, you know, every year. You know, we don't use the same history book year after year after year after year. Uh, All right, like in college, I remember. And in then college, they just, I had to take like a. Want to use and so. 
it's not going to be a big deal like everything has to be done because every few years they change the history books they used anyway so why not just go ahead and adopt the history book that has all of the history in it i don't i don't see the big deal about it that's what i'm trying to paul is for that basically what she's saying is you are a supporter of having black history included in all of history that's the question so it would have been a simple yes i would think paul right yeah, I want like more modern history stuff. I agree. Like, like, I agree. Like, though. I like I'm talking about like in college, like, I learned about like ancient whatever. Like, who, like what, yeah, I, I do think that too. Like, the history is being made. Like, 2020 is a very historic year, and, and just because it just happened wow. last year doesn't mean that it shouldn't be in the history book. So, I agree with with Paulino on that. Yes, Snooka Booka. Okay, I'm excited for Remote Roots for the next weeks to come. And now we're moving on. All right, all right. So I'm pretty excited. Earlier on the pod, we had Darius Butler, who was also one of my UConn homies. And now we have Glenn Morning. Met him at UConn as well, football player. And now he's a, a school teacher and he taught the past 11 years, grades one through five, language arts. He also is a children's book author. And I want to get this right, Crunchy Life Kids series, right? So- Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and no. What I love about Glenn, I watch. He's one of those teachers that he does fun stuff in the class. Like, so I I follow him on Instagram. Follow him if if you aren't already. Fun stuff with the kids. He plays with them, makes school enjoyable. So of course, I had to have him come on here and be our teacher. You know that we do remote roses at the end of every episode, and so I thought. Let's have some teachers teach us a little something while having fun. So Glenn is going to kick it off for us. Glenn, thank you for joining me and the Two Lit Crew on Remotely Renee. Yeah, no, thank you for having me jump on really quick. So it has, it has been like a really awesome year. You know, the virtual learning platform is, uh, is not as, it's not, it's just not as, you know, impactful, I would imagine. Um, but we still get to teach some really awesome lessons. I just wanted to throw that no, out. No, you do that. No, yeah. and, and, and tell us about that because I want to hear, how is it like transferring it over from classroom to virtual? Like what has been some challenges that you face? Just in short, the biggest difference is that I don't care if you've been teaching for 20 years or if last year was year one. This year, unfortunately, starting in September was year one for everybody, you know? Yeah. So some of the things that you may have felt comfortable with with doing in person or you know your experience may have allowed you to be effective in one way or another when everything went online and, and most places are starting to kind of trickle back in now with the vaccine and what have you but when, when we went online it was just figure it out you know wake up every day be excited be thankful that you're alive and just try your best to connect with kids you know the internet is an issue across the country and especially in inner cities um but just showing kids, you know, that we care for them regardless and, and just showing up every morning on, on the screen and just just trying to make it as personable as possible, you know, but it's, it's been tough. Oh, I already know. Having kids on a Zoom, what? Oh, come on. Most of the time, most of the time, all they do, they sign in and then they go take, they just be knocked out in the corner on the couch somewhere acting like they logged into class, but they really be asleep. <laughs> Junior, you better not be doing that. Cole has a seven-year-old. Y'all better not be doing that, okay? Cole Junior be knocked out. All right, so look. So it was it was tough to decide on, you know, someone to actually share with you guys. Is it time for that really quick right now? Yeah, well, you don't tell us who it is, though. 
You tell nah, us. just all the clues. I got you. I watch Okay, you. so watch yeah, we were look. We got our clip. Everybody got y'all's boards ready. We got our boards ready. We're rest to go. Okay. All right. Hopefully, my clues don't give it away so, <laughs> so quick. But let's try it. All right, let's ready? Get it. So after losing his mother in an armed robbery back in the day, this former NFL running back spent spent much of his career helping single parent um, single parents and their children. That's the first clue. Okay, good. I'm glad we don't know it. I'm glad we don't know it yet. All, <laughs> All right, so like he's I'm, go busy. I'm gonna go on to hit number two for y'all. Y'all ready? Yep. yep. All right, so same dude. He rushed for over a thousand yards in three straight seasons as a star running back at the Florida State University. Graduated in 1997, and of course, he was a three-time All ACC running back. Oh my goodness, this is good. I like it. I like it. Did he it. win the Heisman or not? Don't answer. Don't answer. All right. So no Hit number no, three. No, nothing yet. All right. We're nothing going three. yet. All right. So he was selected 12th overall back in 97. Mm -hmm. uh, he played for two NFL teams for a combined 181 games from 97 to 08. Good. I don't know, but I, I I like it. All right. So this this is the part that I like right here. If you if Renee already know, when I was at school, I was on the bench cheering from the sidelines. But here we go. This this is the part I like though. Great. Energy. So he received the Giant Steps Award, uh, which is for like you know civic leadership from former President Bill Clinton for his community outreach back in 05. and he was all, he also received the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Mm. I'm trying to think. I'm mad. So he, so Bill Clinton shouted him out. You said, yeah. And then also, I believe it was even like consecutive. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award before he actually retired. Um, so that was this is a bad was, man. I like what I mean, I mean, I, I, what's, what's killing me is he seems young. So everybody I'm thinking about is too old. No, <laughs> I don't think so. He like we're talking '97 like graduate, 50. like. That's yeah. not young. So, so yeah. he played for 12 seasons and he finished in 08. So I, I didn't graduate. We didn't even graduate until what? Oh, nine. nine. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, this, this is the last, this is the last one. And if y'all got I like now, it. So you teaching us something though, cause we're right, right. Cause I'm like, look, but if you, if y'all don't got it by now, it's a wrap. So here's, <laughs> here's, the, here's the last one. So in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, uh -huh. this just amazing person he challenged all the nfl players except for the guys that played for the saints to donate at least five thousand dollars towards the effort uh, to help down in new orleans and they ended up raising five million dollars in contributions oh i think i know i know i just can't say i can't think of the name y'all doing good no ah that's aj watt He's active. Oh, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I like, and he wait, and he finished. Did did he what? Did no running back? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I forgot that part. Listen, I didn't write down all the hints. I just remember that somebody on the Saints recently did a lot for. So he played for the Saints. Oh. No, he he didn't. I know who it is. Oh, I, okay. Wait a minute. I, oh. Damn, Vance and his. 
He's from he's from down there though. Sanders. Don't look at my thing. <laughs> nah, nah. That's not um, it. Um, um, um so in FSU, who played for FSU? Work done. Oh, right, there it is. Work done. What? How did you Paul, that? Paul, you Paul, you Googled that. I didn't. <laughs> so the biggest the biggest takeaway is the initiative that he's got going on right now, even right. He's like he's been buying homes for single parent moms for years. Oh, really? Awesome. I think I yeah. know about I'm like somebody told me about this, I think. Now that you're saying that, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Like okay. he's in because he partners with different companies, right? And then gets these homes. Like and, yeah, yeah. And, Man, yes, Glenn. Okay. Well, wait a minute, Paul. You get a point, Paul. Okay, Paul got a point. Give him his point. Give him his props. But what tips you off that it was work done? Because I, I did not. I was just trying to think about who went to. I couldn't think of who went to Florida State. And And you knew uh, that. Oh, and then the Mark Dunn wins the Heisman. I know you asked that. Did he? Yeah, did, did he win the Heisman? Nah, like, oh. he he didn't win the Heisman tonight. I, I don't know who won it in '97. I think Eric, uh, the Eric Crouch won it in '97. I don't, I don't I know Warwick Dunn didn't win it though. Okay. Wow. Well, I thank you. All thank right, you. Paul got thank a point. You. I'm wow, the only, only person got a point right now. I think Mom got a point. Yeah. Paul got a point. People don't I usually get it right. I got two points. Oh, no. oh yeah, Mom got, but no, because one of you cheated, Mom. We we got that point. You cheated, you cheated on you one. Got that one. Hey, hey, Paul, it was it was Charles Woodson in ninety yeah, seven. That's, that's who I thought you were th- saying at first. That's yeah, who Charles I Woodson say. won the Heisman, but now nah, work done. He's a, he's just a great guy overall. I never met him, but from from what I from what Y'all you read, to work done. These roses, <laughs> you work done. Yes, I listen. I'm thank you, thank you. Yeah. I need to know what Warren's doing. Everybody needs to know real life heroes that are happening right now. And so that's so lit. And my yeah, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait till we lose them to say thank you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Give them the rose while they're alive. Yes. So my, that is my hat's off to you because uh, I taught uh, online in uh, a college setting. And I know how difficult it is to be interactive with students and all of that. And people always think that it's so much easier to teach online, which is really not. It's a lot more preparation and uh, a lot of training. And so you all just went into teaching. We had to go through quality matters training and best practices and all of that. So you all were just kind of just dumped into it. (laughs) So my hat's off to you for being able to do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're talking about something. All right, y'all. Here go the link. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why my son's teachers don't show up half the time anyway. I'd be like, you don't have class today? He's like, no, nobody just opened the link. And I'm like, it's tough, man. It's tough. I sit and I listen to my son because I work from home and I'm can. i in the other room. But the things that I hear these kids say, my son gets threatened every day. Don't you bet not get on here and say nothing to this. I, I threaten him every day. It's it's so cringe. You can tell the children who are at home, maybe with their grandparents or yeah. with a sibling, and then you can tell the ones whose parents is in the home because they're the, I've, some kids I've never heard say anything crazy. And other kids, I'd be like, oh my goodness, no, not just their parents can hear them. Yeah, yeah, because I cast off to not laughing because I know these teachers, my teachers, straight face. I'd be in the other room crying, laughing. It's just, it's just. Hats off to you because that is hard. It's very hard. 
it's very hard. Yes, Gwen, if I had any more roses, I would toss them to you. So we're giving <laughs> roses back to the teachers, Paul. We're giving roses back to the teachers <laughs> for teaching our kids. So I appreciate that. Yay. All right, well, listen, keep being an inspiration. This whole crew right here. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some more episodes, y'all. So I'm about to, I'm on it now. I'm watching. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'll be, and we'll be talking, but it'll be, I'll be catching up with you. Just love what you're doing, Glenn. Thank you for stopping by. All right, y'all. Have a good night. See y'all later. See you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. Okay. Good. So that was our first experiment and it went. We had to get the times coordinated, call in at this time. I dropped the ball and didn't even, I forgot to send his email to my crew. And so I was like, hey, what time is Glenn coming on? And they were like, what are you talking about? I thought you set that up and I had a mini heart attack, but it worked out well. Paul got a point. I like that. I like that. I like that. And that, look, that's how we end every show. So that is the end of the show. But shouts to my Yukon Huskies. Now, I'm telling you, when we say bleed blue, and I know you guys probably get tired of it, oh, Yukon bleeds blue. Yes, we do. We bleed blue. And look at and look at my peoples. Like I went to Yukon, like he said, we graduated in 2009. It's 2021. I had two Yukon people on the episode today and Pam Oliver today. So we're doing things. I'm excited. Shouts to my two lit crew held it down for me as they do every week. Snooka Booka looks way too professional for us, but that's <laughs> why we need, to get, we need to get some classy brands along with it to match Snooka Booka's fly. That's all we have for today. We'll catch you next week when we connect while being remote. Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or staying together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.